This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Galaxies we hear, Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your co-host, Carrie Borkowski, and I'm here with Brianne. Hello, Brianne. Hello, Carrie. It's been a while. It has. I know. I almost felt like I was like, I need to remind, we need to remind listeners that we are a podcast. Because <laughs> we've been... Back. We've been hibernating for a little while for good reason, uh, for good reason. We, uh, I will say this first, Brianne, that um, I'm trying to keep in mind, we've had lots of things on our plate. And one of the things that, that has been on our plate is um, an invited chapter on faculty well-being. And so I think part of the reason we took a hiatus from the podcast is because something had to give. Um, mm -hmm. And we've been really trying hard to you know, stay connected to each other and remind each other that like, we don't have to work seven days a week. And I remember <laughs> what we're going to talk about today. We encouraged each other in the midst of writing, we need to take Saturday off or we need to take Sunday off. And so I think we just decided that we didn't want the podcast to be a have to, we always want it to be a get to. And so it just felt resonant to take a pause. Would you agree? No, oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I think we had, well, I know we had some deadlines. So we had two yeah. big deadlines yeah. <laughs> um, of July or January 31st. And that for the invited chapter that you mentioned, and then the book, which is going to be our topic of conversation today. And so yeah. from the summer through the fall, we knew that we had those deadlines. I don't think we really knew ahead of time how it would be yeah. to, to do all that writing and uh, the thinking and the processing and the meeting and all all of that that went around the writing, but it ended up that there wasn't really space for us to do the podcast in the way that we like to do it, which is thoughtfully and yeah. with like a really great group of guests. And mm -hmm. to arrange for the guests that we have takes logistics. It takes a lot of, you know, time yeah. to coordinate and all that. So we just sort of ran out of space and we did. didn't want to do this in like a haphazard. Yeah. We didn't, and we didn't want to force it. Like it's always been, I think what we've talked about is it's, it's a great joy. Yeah. To, uh, even scheduling, right. Like connecting with the people yeah. that we interview for the first couple of times, especially when it's someone either we haven't spoken with in a while or we don't know. And it's, we, we, we sort of text each other and we're like, she got back to us. She's coming <laughs> on or he's coming on. Right. Like yeah. there's a, there's an excitement. And I think we didn't want to spoil that kind of excitement with just a have to, right? Like that it's another. Um, and I would also add, yes, we had two big deadlines, one of which we're going to talk about today. 
meanwhile, you know, you're teaching multiple classes, you're advising many students. We, we had two <laughs> conference presentations that we did in Maryland and Boston. Yeah, um, I got, book. I had a random invitation to do, um, a book chapter. Um, <laughs> if you remember, um, you pulled Dr. that Nick, out. That was incredible. Yes. Like Dr. Nick Susanis came on and then invited me to submit a chapter about how I use his book in my class. And then um, with other things going on, we also applied for a grant. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It was that, a busy fall. Yeah. yeah. So we only and have, you have like classes a, and you're and doing I, program development. So, yeah. so there's a lot. So there yeah. was just a lot of things, all good things. Like I'm not complaining, all amazing, wonderful yeah. opportunities and just something had to give. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I think today we wanted to sort of mark this day as hopefully um, the, I don't know, relaunching or reemergence yeah. of yeah. <laughs> of podcasting back into our, our world. And we thought it was appropriate to share some of our journey. Um, one of those deadlines, as Brianne mentioned, was our book deadline. And so we had we had to get a draft of all of the chapters to our editors by January 31st. So we thought it would be fun for folks who listen often, we sometimes pause and do reflections about, you know, what we're learning and hearing in the interviews. And so we thought it would be fun. And we, we did not compare notes like we no, like we to do <laughs> with these. Um, so we both separately came up with sort of our, I came up with three takeaways. I don't know why three just was the the number that came up. So, so just to give a little bit of backstory uh, for folks who have been listening, you might remember we were fortunate enough last summer to first get a research. Each of us got research uh, funding from Loyola um, to work on coding of the podcast data. If you remember, we have um, institutional review board approval to use our data anonymously to think about this important topic of belonging. So we have research questions around that, you know, whether it's leadership, whether it's what does belonging look like during the pandemic. And then of course, last year we talked about relationships. Well, in the midst of collaborating on that research, we were able to secure a contract to write a book based on um, a couple of the, a couple of the seasons. So we spent from, I don't know, Brian, was it like mid-summer? Yeah. Mid-summer. Mid mm -hmm. Yeah. Mid-summer till probably <laughs> January, January 28th, 28th or 29th. We were yeah. early, but only by a couple of days, which feels late for us. Yes. yes. Um, we're usually much Weeks earlier early. than that. Yeah. yeah. So we spent the entire fall, um, I don't know, talking, coding, reviewing, reflecting, writing. And what we're, what we'd love to do today is I feel like take you along some of that journey and things that we noticed. Um, yeah. So do you want to start, Brianne? What's your your first one sure. that came up for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about takeaways in different ways. Um, and the first, where my mind went first was reflecting on our process more than mm. uh, the content of the book. So, yeah. um, and I was thinking about it in terms of gifts. So I think the first gift was the gift of strong partnership. That's mm -hmm. what came to mind. So um, one of my favorite, current favorite podcasts is Kelly Corrigan Wonders. And she recently had a short episode about her friend and executive producer, Tammy Stedman. And she described their collaboration so beautifully. And then I sent it to you because it just reminded me of our work together. Yeah. And 
Kelly said the things that I have sort of been feeling, but hadn't really put words to, which is like, it's pretty incredible when you find a person whose work ethic and goals and values both align with and complement your own. Like, it's not that we are the same in those ways, mm-hmm. but they're very complimentary. Um, and I feel like we're in that space. So I, at least I do, I don't speak for you, but um, <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like you're really an incredible idea person. So always mm-hmm. thinking about what we can do next, like big, small, near term, longer term, you're just a big thinker. And the other thing that I really appreciate or another thing is just um, your ability to connect. So you're a really good connector of people mm-hmm. and content. And you're always looking for more perspectives. And I think that's because curiosity is like in your bones. Mm. So it's one of your core values. It's a gift, obviously, to this work that is totally grounded in inquiry. Mm. Um, So what does that look like? That looks like, concretely, you wrote an incredible (laughs) chapter two, which is um, a literature review. So when you think about multiple perspectives, you know, you're somebody who's so interested. Like you would talk to anybody and just want to know their story. And so Mm. that translated in the book to we want to know about how other folks think about belonging. And um, Carrie took on the really big job of drafting chapter two for us, which was the literature review. And so that's looking beyond our guests. It's looking into the scholarship. So like articles and things that have already been published. And the disciplines that you looked into were so broad, like psych and sociology and political science and um, natural science, philosophy, theology, like all of these disciplines. And they all think about belonging differently. Mm-hmm. And that's a really heavy lift. And what you wrote is not a textbook because it it could be a textbook. It's mm-hmm. more a story. And so that I think is the gift of like this partnership, because I think I would have been fascinated by all that literature, but you had this really incredible ability to, to pull a, a line through it, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome. And so there's that piece of sort of, you know, how did it look in a chapter, but also you have this gift of like really big ideas and really cool connections across guests and literature and themes. So you have mm-hmm. an ability to see a big picture and see those through lines. And sometimes your ideas are so big that I'm like, what? Like, I can't even understand that. <laughs> what does that even mean? And so I ask questions of like, can you, can you please explain that to me? Um, <laughs> and then we sort of come to a place where it's, you know, easier for, for me and maybe our readers to get. So, yeah. Um, so Kelly Corrigan talked about accountability partners. She talked about like sharing ideas and the gift of the energy around shared projects. Mm-hmm. And another thing she talked about, probably the most poignant part and the part that really made me want to share the episode with you was that she talked about meeting each other where we are. And that's such a cliche, but it was really important because like you just said, we worked on this consistently from, um, I guess, August maybe, or July yeah. through the end of January. And it was our main project. There were a lot of other things that happened, but this was the thing that was really significant kind of Mm -hmm. throughout. And so if we were going to invest in this work in earnest, we also had to be honest about the fact that there was a lot of life happening for both of us from July (laughs) through January. And so our meetings reflected that. Yeah, Like we had accountability, we had deadlines, we had short-term goals and all those things. We also had a lot of space to just vent or chat or I cried, um, you know, things like that on the pod about just all the things that happened, which yeah. were a lot in our families and at work in in those months. And so to be authentic in our writing, I think we had to name those things that were taking up so much space in our minds and even in our hearts so that we could like be present with that and then move into the work. 
um, or not, depending on the day, because sometimes yeah. we just didn't. Um, and that was okay too. So that was one of my just biggest takeaways was the gift of our work together. Mm, I love that. I love that you framed it as gifts. Uh, I wrote process. Mine was a little bit more boring. Um, but yeah, I wrote, I wrote similarly. Um, and I feel similarly as I was listening to you talk, Brianne, first, thank you. You're so kind to, to say that that means a lot, especially because curiosity is a core value for me. So I'm glad that it that's coming through. I feel like in some ways we've reached, I have, I feel like we have reached this like ultimate experience around research. Not that we don't have room to grow or that things won't morph and change, but like I feel like as a younger professor, even as a younger graduate student with like the angst and the imposter syndrome and the like, shh, don't tell anybody, but I have no idea what I'm doing, right? <laughs> like to now where sometimes you're right, we just show up. And, and I remember saying to you sometimes, like, I need to talk this through because I just don't feel good about this. Like I'm totally blocked, right? Like, and 10 years ago, I would never have admitted that even to myself maybe, yeah. right? And so I love that it's, it's almost like, and we've talked about this a lot together. I feel like as we have read about belonging, heard from others, their stories of belonging, it's almost like we have really created a process of scholarship that reflects what we're hearing about belonging. Cause like, mm -hmm. I feel like when we're together, whether physically or virtually, like I have no question that I belong in this space. I could be full, I could be full up of doubt around my, <laughs> my own efficacy of as, as a scholar, but I have no doubt that I belong in this space in that moment, that I'm exactly where I need to be on that day with you. And like, I don't know that I have a lot of spaces where I would feel that like certain of my belonging in a space. And so I think that is a testament to this collaboration that we've built, you know, over the last four or five years, which is pretty remarkable. Um, and I agree with you, like, you know, this, I wrote down when you were talking, I wrote down scholarship plus voice. And what I meant by that was, I do think we don't, we definitely are not the same, like in terms of like always agreeing and like, oh, I don't right, think, yeah. I don't think we would work that well together if we were always just like, yes, that's the way we should do things. Right. <laughs> or I understand you. And the reason I wrote down scholarship and voice is because, we come at, we even come at the work a little bit differently. And what I mean by that is when we started writing this book, what, what was great was that I would go right into the literature partly, and this could be another podcast, partly because I don't trust my own voice. And Brianne reminded me, <laughs> she saw that like sometimes in my writing. So I don't trust my own voice. So I go right to the literature. Brianne's approach is she's like, I don't have to worry about my own voice. So even if she doesn't trust her own voice, like she wants to elevate the voices of our guests, which is absolutely what we need to do. So like the fact that we were both meeting in the, in sort of a middle of sorts with both of those things creates this amazing synthesis of stories and scholarship or literature. So there are so many examples of where, um, you know, our work definitely complements. Um, you're definitely right that I'm a a big ideas person. And we, we sort of joked because we would be deep into something exhausted and I would be tempted to share an idea <laughs> that I would have. 
for future work. And I would, I'm finally getting to the point where I'm like, nope, don't ask her right now because it's not a good time. She's not in a good space. So I would wait a little while before I would say, like, I have an idea for another paper because I, I often do that. So I'm learning um, when is a good time to, to share those. I also, <laughs> I also appreciate that you're really good at, um, well, you're so good at so many things. Um, I always appreciate that you sort of pull me out of the clouds a bit and sort of bring me down. I almost want to use the word tactical. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember some great conversations. We were lucky enough. Uh, and I don't think I'll ever forget this. We were presenting in Maryland and so we um, stayed, I came, to, I went to Maryland and we got a, Jason, your husband was nice enough to sort of let us go do our thing. He sort of managed the girl's schedule. And so we got hotel rooms. And then after we presented, we spent the afternoon and evening like writing. And we had this hard and messy, amazing conversation. And your questions, as they always do, sort of cracked open some pieces that I sort of knew in my gut something was off, but I couldn't quite get there. And so I just think that was a, a testament to sort of like why the social part of scholarship and that collaborative, because you just, again, going back to multiple perspectives, right? Like you can't, you can't usually get there on your own. Like it takes <laughs> no. somebody else. So I loved that conversation. Oh, yeah. That was, that was like an epic. I mean, that, turned into chapter five, right? Like that conversation <laughs> kind of uh, made us revise and rethink some things and then ultimately landed in a chapter. So it was, it was neat. Yeah, it was really cool. And I think, you know, I don't know, I haven't talked to a lot of other folks who write sort of academic slash story sort of books with other people. But I think that conversation in the hotel for me, you know, I guess if I were going to add a gift um, to the list that you mentioned, I think it's just the discourse that I got to yeah. be a part of for six months because while we wrote 10 chapters, like over 200 pages, like that was the product of so many conversations, um, which were just so fun. Like it almost, as I was reflecting on it, Brianne, it almost, and I know some folks won't be able to resonate with this, but it almost reminded me of like a comprehensive exam, like preparation <laughs> where yeah. you're like deep. I mean, it's not often as academics and I'll just show like that you get to be steeped in one project for like such a long period of time. Typically Brianne and I are like We've got conference or an article, you know, a couple articles that we're juggling and teaching stuff that we're juggling. And we really had this this luxury, this privilege to work just on, for the most part, just on this book in terms of our scholarship. And so, I mean, even in the beginning, like in the summer, I remember when we started looking at the data and before we even put one word to paper, I mean, we must have had a handful of conversations about what what this was and we I think we correct me if I'm wrong, but like I feel like we used a Jamboard yeah. first mm -hmm. um to sort of think these through. So um yeah, yeah, it was really cool. It was, which kind of brings me to my next gift, which was the gift of small bites. <laughs> um, because I think that I felt really excited about the book. I felt that it was right, that it was the right project for us because it gave us the gift of space mm -hmm. to really invest 
investigate and then sort of invest in what is this, like the data, the analysis, our thoughts about it. Whereas if we had decided to um, pursue a journal article, it would have been like a slice mm. of, of this. And I think we were ready to take on the whole thing. We really wanted to look yeah. broadly. And so that that had to be, it needed more real estate. It needed more pages. So the book was was the right, it was the right time for the book. I knew that sort of inherently. I was also pretty nervous about it because it's kind of a big undertaking and mm -hmm. like you've got a publisher on board and you've got a deadline and we've got accountability to each other. And then we have a signed contract that says we will get this thing done. <laughs> yeah, there's that piece that's kind yeah. of daunting. Um, yeah. So there was kind of some pressure behind it. And so the whole thing was just like, we just have to do what's next. But, or Anne, in the summer when we were on that Jamboard and outlining I remember writing and I was writing text, like paragraphs of things, knowing full well that what I was writing would not land in the book. Mm -hmm. I just knew because like you have to go through that process of yeah. drafting. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard for me to stay in it because I didn't have a sense of what the whole thing would be yet because yeah. you can't. Yeah. Right. So because there's so much doing and it, it becomes as you're writing it, you know, mm -hmm. we added chapters that we didn't think were going to be in there. It just... It took shape as it emerged. And so you've got to start someplace and you have to put words on paper. Yeah. Um, it just took, it took a lot of mental, I think, discipline for me to stay in the moment and find that balance of I'm, I'm in this, I'm writing this, I'm invested in this, but I'm not wedded to it because it's going to mm -hmm. change and I have to be open to it shifting. Um, I, I found that really hard, but also very much like the dissertation experience. So very, it like, I feel like I was drawing on, on skills that I have Yeah. because of that, that experience. This was just different. It was, di and it was different because we were doing it together, which was, yeah. which was nice. But the gift of small bites, I think was a big piece for me. So just like, what is it that you can do today? What is the deadline for Friday? Yeah. And just chipping away. And sure enough, you know, every once in a while we'd be like, whoa, <laughs> we have some chapters here. Like, I this know. is cool. I know. It's uh, so funny. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. Because you so rarely read it through, right? No. Like you're working on the part that you're on and you almost never go start to finish. Mm -mm. No, so, I don't think we really started reading it through until January, like January, probably. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we were trying to, you know, we had set out an, a sort of timeline of where we thought we should be with each chapter. And so- Right. Um, and we didn't write it sequentially. We definitely didn't write it sequentially. Um, I think, you know, you're right. I think having done some work in graduate school, some serious writing in graduate school definitely set us up. I'm thinking about one of the chapters during January that we completely retooled was chapter two, the liter literature review, which is what you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And it was mostly because as we as the sort of stories un unfolded, we realized that like the lit review wasn't matching in the ways we wanted to those stories. So it was, it wasn't a need to get more content necessarily. It was just sort of a, a telling it and casting it in a different way. Um, yeah. I think we even during the book uh, process termed a new, a new word, which was like drafty draft we started oh, talking yeah. <laughs> about. So it was like, yeah. you have your draft, but then you have the stuff that comes before that. And so for me, I don't know, for you, you sounded like you were more nervous, but it felt more disarming to say, okay, this is just a drafty draft. Like this is just words on paper that's going to inform maybe some of the conversation that we have during yeah. our, our meetings. Um, and we actually started meeting 
in the summer, we made the decision to meet twice a week instead of once a week, which is our normal. Um, just, I think part of it was just to feel like we were in continual conversation about things. And also yeah. I'm very good at responding to deadlines. So having two meetings felt like I could get more done yeah. um, around the work. I have yeah. to say as a side note, I know this isn't part of it. Like I actually, um, miss our our two two a weeks <laughs> well this week i was like this is kind of a weird week i'm like i'm not meeting with carrie till friday i know was, we feels, all we've always met on friday i but, know it feels well, like especially it was in january so... we were like monday wednesday friday that's we're like, true we were and we were really meaning a lot to to get yeah to the yeah and line, we were so. even like talking on the phone occasionally because <laughs> we had questions yeah. so um so my second one i'm trying to decide which one i have two more um, I think I'll go, you sort of mentioned when you're talking about the lit review, you sort of started to allude to my second one, which was, um, just about how much we can learn and how much is out there about belonging beyond what I'm calling the dominant disciplines of belonging. So like psychology really does dominate. And then there's psychologists and a few sociologists in the education space talking about, <laughs> belonging, you know, I'm thinking about Leary and Baumeister and Walton um, talking about school belonging. And what we discovered, as Brianne alluded to earlier, was that it's in philosophy, it's in religion, it's in human geography, political science, anthropology. Um, and it goes, even if writers and thinkers were not using the word belonging, we found you know, lots of people talking about sort of an ease, you know, an ease of being in the world. And so I think that's really important as folks who write about belonging to keep that in mind. If I were going to scale that idea up, what it meant for me, and I was listening, I don't, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was a woman, I think she was at Harvard Business School or something. It doesn't really matter, but they were asking her about the importance of diversity in the workplace. And what she was talking about is it's not just about, we often um, incorrectly assume that diversity policies are about being more representative of what the population looks like. Right. And that's true. That's absolutely true. But there's a, I think there's an even more compelling reason to think about diversity. And I think what I, when I was thinking about our book, I think our book and what we learned is evidence of that. And for me, what diversity means is like reaching out beyond the dominant, in this case, the dominant disciplines of education and psychology and thinking about what others have to bring to the table. Because without, I'm thinking about like, um, you know, some of the great authors that we read over the course of, of this six months, like I would have never known that the language that these individuals were using. So I think for me, it was just a really good reminder that like, Diversity is so important for like ideas, like generating ideas and talking about words and understanding concepts and innovation. And so like, yeah, so so that that was my second sort of takeaway was linking those two things together. Yeah, I that was my third. That's funny. Oh, that's um, so funny. <laughs> yeah, my mine was kind of my third one was split. It was about that, which is the theoretical and the benefit of multiple perspectives. But I also wanted to share that you know, we really try to have a diverse uh, guest list. So mm -hmm. folks from different professional backgrounds, contexts, et cetera. And yet our internal editor, Alice, um, shout out, yeah. <laughs> said really kindly, but pointed out that our guests are all 
um, have all, all have a lot of education. Like mm-hmm. I think everybody went to college and and many beyond that. Yeah. And so that kind of made us think about, oh, like we really need to get to, to think about yep. people, you know, whose lives took a different path. So even within our work to try to be inclusive, yep. like the, it's never exhaustive, I guess. No. That's so there's that piece. So I was talking about um, the content of the book as my third takeaway in two respects. So one is the different disciplines and that is chapter two, mm. which is they're kind of big ideas. It's like the, it's theoretical. It's a lot of thought. It's um, constructs and frameworks yeah. and things like that. And then I also was thinking about arts chapter about the five senses, which mm. is like not theoretical and all experiential. Yeah. And I thought that that was such a neat thing about the book that it includes all of this. And I, I hope that we've connected that, like we've connect, we've drawn lines from the theoretical to the things that you literally experience. And one of the things that I loved about the five senses is that that is not something that you and I thought about ahead of time. So we had a bunch of ideas about belonging just because it's something that was important to us. We had done some reading and writing about it, et cetera. But the five senses emerged organically from our conversations. And it really came from Mariana Carlucci in her episode where she was talking about being an immigrant and being a little kid who didn't speak English and sharing snacks with friends to try to connect. And it was a wonderful story that opened this door to us of, oh my gosh, like what is it to experience belonging through our five senses? And then what was so neat was when that idea emerged, we were able to see it. We were able to see yeah. it in episodes that had gone, come before, like when Astrid was talking about her coffee shop mm, or luncheonette in Queens, and she's talking about like the smells of the coffee and the sounds of the dishes and um, even the sights, like it being on the corner in Queens, I feel like she really set us up with that. Yeah. Um, and after that, or after Mariana's, we, I think, talked to Christine about her ideas of resonance because she was a singer and a performer. So like Vibration. music is really important to her, but she also connected resonance to her work and her leadership mm-hmm. and her teaching. And so this idea of the five senses to me, it's like so primal. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is how we experience the world every day. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. I loved that juxtaposition of like the high level, big time philosophers, Kierkegaard mm-hmm. and those guys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how does it feel like in your hands? What does it yeah. taste like? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. how do those things connect to form yeah. this feeling of ease and, you know, being seen and recognized and valued? I just I loved that. Yeah, I did, too. I think that is such a testament to um, the beauty of qualitative research and this iterative process, right? Cause that really did just emerge. And then I know this is a cliche, but like you can't unring that bell or you can't unsee something because I just think that started to pour out of the interview data. I mean, yeah. Um, when Jen Watkinson was on and she talked about yet the yumminess, like yeah. the, that <laughs> yeah. feeling. Right. And then yeah. several guests talked about <clears throat> the gut feeling of belonging and the knowing, just knowing and sensing it. Yeah. Um, so I just, I don't, I'm not sure that I think we would have heard it from our guests because I feel like both of us have, have learned and developed really good listening skills, but I'm not sure we would have so quickly, put it together if Mariana hadn't said like the senses in the way that she did. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, kudos, kudos to her for that. And I think once again, like to me, that is 
a perfect example of why we need to keep pushing for multiple perspectives. Like we need to keep pushing and, and asking and listening to stories. And I think you and I are already thinking about like, what does our guest list look like to even expand it further? Like, what does that, what does that look like? So um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I mean, we hope, I mean, I think I can speak for both of us. One of the things we said from the beginning in the summer is that we really want this book to feel like it has a soul. Mm -hmm. So like, we were like, what does it mean to write a literature review with a soul? Because often these are very, you know, systematic and academic writing kinds of things. And so we're hoping that there is a feeling, a sense, you know, throughout the pages and the stories. Um, I mean, if the stories in the book don't move you, I would love to have a conversation because I feel like <laughs> I feel like yeah. they move me in different ways when I go back to them and listen because we had to, of course, we listened to some of the re-listen to get. Oh, yeah, a lot. I feel like they were, their voices were in my head, which was yeah, a gift. They were yeah. everywhere. So so my last one, and I think it is also a gift, um, is that we writing this book, hopefully you'll you can hear from our conversation that this this writing a book in and of itself was a gift. Um, we understand that these things don't come around all the time. They're very rare. Um, and it was so joyful and so energy filling. Like I would sometimes leave our meetings just like felt like I could go out and accomplish anything because I just <laughs> had so it was just so filling, right? Like filling up my cup. And because we are a yes and collaborative team, I will also say, and it was draining, incredibly draining. And I'm not sure I realized until February 1st <laughs> how draining six months deep in the throes of writing this hopefully beautiful book was. And I think what's awesome and what Brianne and I, I don't think do very often. And I would imagine most people don't do is we said to each other and committed to not like pursuing another piece of scholarship, at least till the end of um, the spring, like that we're not even looking at some, you know, uh, calls for articles. We're not thinking about too much. And I just think what's funny for me, Brianne is like, you know, I'm I'm in the throes of training for the Boston Marathon. So I, marathon is on my mind when I run a marathon or when we do something, you know, that requires a lot of exertion, like rowing, I'm sure, too, when you are a competitive rower, like you take time off. Mm -hmm. Like it's just part of the training. Like you take a day or two off or you when you're at work, you go on vacation for a week or two to re. But like when you're oftentimes when you're a faculty member, and I'm sure this is true in other other professions, you sort of go from one thing to the next and you jump right in. And so for me, the takeaway, the last takeaway is just the gift that we're giving to each other and our collaboration to just take a pause. Like we yeah. don't, we don't have to jump to the next thing. Let's just, I don't know. I feel like part of it is like relishing in this accomplishment and celebrating what we've accomplished and then also honoring our well-being article and yeah. And taking care of ourselves and our families. Yeah, just kind of reconnecting. I also think it opens up some space for other ideas. I mean, you know, we talk a big game about taking off and we are from writing. Uh, we also have like 
multiple conferences that we're planning and workshops and things like that. <laughs> but that feels different and that feels yeah. lighter. And that's what we were both saying. Like, that's fun. And and this yeah. was fun. And it was gutting. Like, I, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. This was so energizing. And so it's, I just stretched. It really stretched in, in good ways, mentally. Yeah. Um, cognitively, all the, all the ways. And, um, it was also so hard and it was yeah. hard because we had this deadline. It was hard because all the things that make it great also make it hard. Right. It's what we always say in these sports that we tend to pursue, but, yeah. um, you know, I opened this episode, our conversation today by talking about the partnership and how great that is. And that is true. And also I want to make sure that I'm honoring that, like you're working hard. I want to work hard. Right. So there's the accountability. And so that was fantastic. And also, I mean, it, it's like really pushes you to, to keep going even on the days when you're yeah. dragging. So it, it's hard. And I wish in some way that books that look so pretty and bound on the shelf could mm. show the drafty drafts and yeah. the like head and hands and <laughs> those sorts of yeah. images and moments that every yeah. single author for sure yeah. experiences. I mean, I feel like that's such an, uh, and I, I thought you were going to say something differently. And cause what I would add is like, it would be great to have like a companion thing with the book that talks about like what we just shared, right. That I would love to hear other authors experiences. I mean, I think Nick Susanis's unflattening book is like the closest I've seen where he has in the index, like some of his early drawings. Yeah. Um, which is so cool. Yeah. And some description of the process. So yeah, I just and I know we're not we're not doing projects like big projects right now, but I know we've both talked about um, you know, thinking about what it would look like to share more openly about the process of drafty drafting because I think we both we both teach all different kinds of students at all different levels and for you know, we've all been a student in one way or another and one of the hurdles for students is like they're reading, you know, whether it's a a book uh, in an English lit class or an article in a graduate class, they're reading finished products. Mm -hmm. And so the expectation is like, this is polished. And I think something that, and, and it puts a lot of pressure on a student to produce a piece of writing. And I think for me, one of the things I'm trying to message is like, you just have to put a few ideas down and go from there and it's yeah. going to change and sort of what you talked about. And so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what comes. I mean, hopefully we'll have some opportunities, but yeah, this is, I don't know. I, I don't think I could articulate it as well as Kelly Corrigan did um, the thank you, but like, I, I feel deeply grateful um, for the collaboration for the six months for your friendship, um, you know, for our research, I think back to when we first started working together, you were a student and I was one of your faculty members. And I just like, thinking about that spring where we were talking about your data it's just like just Ugh. like our just like our writing we just never know where an op a conversation or an experience is going to take us because neither of us could have known in that moment that one day we would write a book together yeah no <laughs> um, which is very cool and I it's funny because when when I describe our collaboration to other colleagues and friends, I often say like, well, my research partner, and it feels so weird to say that. And so I've started saying, well, 
one of my very best friends and research partners. I know research like, partners sound so cold. It sounds so cold. So I've, yeah. I've started to shift my language around, um, you know, to add some feeling words in there right. versus just <laughs> yeah. antiseptic, like research partner, right. Um, which sounds weird. So, yeah. So I don't know, huge thank you. Like the process I feel like is as high quality as I hope the book is like just the process of discovery and journey has been amazing. And hopefully the, the book will reflect that when it, when it comes out, we'll, we'll keep you posted. We have some, it's into the editors, they're reviewing it and hopefully going to send us some comments soon. And, um, hopefully it'll be out maybe next fall. Yeah. In the meantime, we're going to sit in the sweet spot of it's out of our hands and it's in their hands. That's right. We are. <laughs> and we don't know sit. what they're thinking yet. So we're just going to enjoy this middle, this middle that's time. Right. That's a, that's yeah. a, for an academic, that's a nice time to be in like a space yeah. to breathe and just wait for the impact of the edit. So, right. yeah. So we will conclude there today and, um, we will look forward to, and hopefully you will look forward to some future conversations. Um, cause we're back. Tell me this is back. So, Thank you, Brian. Thanks to everybody who's been listening. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation and have a great day. Be well, everybody. So sincere under the glaciers of your last year. to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.